0: All right. So how are we this week?
1: I'm good. How about you? Why do I have I'm this good. weird thing in front of me? There we go. I don't know. <laughs> You're not the weird thing in front of me, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you?
0: Yeah, I, I'm i drinking um, wine that I've left on my counter for almost a week. Ooh, so, so if possible, I die. It doesn't taste bad, but I don't think this particular wine... It's like super fancy. So,
1: Well, I'm drinking um, strawberry rum and lemonade because I had a, a whiskey incident a couple days ago. We'll talk about it offline. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? So this week we're doing the conspiracy of why California unemployment wants to fuck me over. We're not really oh, talking yeah. about that. That's I was not... just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. That's, that's going to be a
0: whole nother
1: episode. A whole nother animal. Um, actually, yeah. we're going to go on the other side of the, the United States, and we're going to talk about Maryland. Okay, well, you're not
0: on the other side of the United States anymore. You're nearly uh, on that uh, side.
1: That's, good, that's a good point. <laughs> Did you forget where you live? I try to. I'm working <laughs> on it. All right. Well, I meant because we're not really doing California unemployment, but... Mm-hmm. Oof, It's really bad in here. Yikes. Okay, so today Jen was going to do a story on Maryland, so I'm going to do something on Maryland. All right. So um, before I start, um, we're talking about Big Liz, and I want you to know when I first (laughs) looked up Big Liz on Wikipedia, I got Lizzo, and I kind of felt that that was insulting. (laughs) Is there a small Liz? (laughs) I just thought that that's kind of rude. I put in yeah. Specifically Big Liz. Um, so anyway, I got this. Well, if off. you know if you know her name is
0: Liz, you won't forget it's Liz O. So like googling a big big
1: Liz. So this is a copyrighted from um, Myth Woodling. So mm-hmm. I did look up copyright laws and I'm allowed to talk about it if it's a news story or research. <laughs> okay. Um and I got this from Jesterbear.com at hoodoo dot uh slash big liz and chesapeake com so just so you All know right. big liz is with a double z so it's big liz <laughs> cool. sorry i thought a dog was licking me <laughs> I have phantom dogs now okay oh geez <laughs> it's gonna be a long no, <laughs> okay so here's a ghost story from the south i didn't know marilyn would was considered the South, but we'll get there. Mm.
0: I think it's South of Mason Dixon, right? Is
1: that what it is?
0: its is? I'm like, I don't I think, think, so. think of
1: Maryland as a Southern state, but.
0: Is it on the
1: same,
0: I think it's up on the same, like latitude as Kentucky.
1: It's kind, Yeah. It's kind of like, Possibly. it's right. It borderlines Virginia and DC and that kind of thing. So yeah, I think the
0: Dix Mason Dixon line is like somewhere in Virginia.
1: Oh, okay. We'll have to visit there someday. Yeah. The Mason Dixon line, not Virginia. Then <laughs> pretty. Okay. So this is a ghost story from the South about an African American ghost named Big Liz, who haunts the wetlands of Dorchester County on Maryland's eastern shore. There are several versions of her legend. Most frequently her story is connected with the Green Greenbrier Swamp and the DeCourcy Bridge, which spans the thanks Thanks. I said thanks. Which spans the thanks let me try. It's Third time's charm. The, the light's really bad in here, so sorry. It looked like Thanksgiving, but it's actually Transquaking River. Oh wow!
0: So really close to Thanksgiving,
1: right? Yeah. It really is. And I was like, wait a minute. The Greenbrier Swamp is 10 miles uh, square miles and located next to the Blackwater Wildlife Refuge. In case anyone was wondering, and it's supposed to be a really pretty swamp land for a swamp. Here's a fun fact. Harriet Tubman worked on a plantation near Greenbrier Swamp and began the Underground Railroad in that vicinity. So Hmm. there's a little of that. Interesting. Big Liz was a large, powerful woman. Obviously, that's why her name is Big Liz, because she wasn't a tiny little critter. Mm -hmm. Legends say that Big Liz could carry two full grown hogs, one under each arm without any strain.
0: Hold on. Isn't that like 300 pounds? Don't those hogs go? Is this Paul Bunyan? Is this like, <laughs> I just picture this big lip in her
1: back. <laughs> sturdy. She's a sturdy woman. She was a sturdy woman. She was also a slave on a Maryland plantation during the American Civil War. Most versions of her legend do not recall her master's name. One version claims his name was John Rustin owner of a Bucktown tobacco plantation, but we're just going to call him slave owner because I could only find that on one site. I couldn't find his name anywhere else. So just in case that family is an innocent bystander, I don't want to throw him under the bus. So the, the slave owner was a hardcore supporter of the Confederate cause and secretly transported food and other supplies for the Confederate troops. Just so you know, okay, we'll get to that. Never mind. The master stupidly believed that his slaves were happy and they enjoyed their lot in life. (laughs) The slave owner especially valued Big Liz as one of the strongest, devoted, most hardworking and faithful of the slaves. He especially especially trusted Big Liz with difficult and important tasks. His family had owned her for her entire life. So sick to hear that when you say has owned her. Sounds really wrong. Um, It is really wrong. What he had not realized in Big Liz is that she may have been strong and hardworking, but she was not a devoted and faithful slave. Hmm. Big Liz was a spy for the Union. Many African-American slaves spied for the Union Army, mostly passing along information on the wealthy landowners' comings and goings for the Confederate. So Maryland is what they call, um, historians call a border state. Technically, they were part of the Union during the war but a lot of their citizens were divided in their sympathies and loyalties. Hmm. Even though no part of the war was fought on the Eastern shore, it was still considered pretty dangerous situations, you know, as wars are. Right. So when the master had some of his secret shipments to the Confederate army intercepted, he began to suspect that there was a union spy. In particular, he was concerned That the spy might have leaked that he had a large stash of Confederate gold hidden in his barn. (coughs) Wow, Zoe did not like that. No. You guys chill out. Okay. Okay. All right. Exactly why the slave owner decided that Big Liz was the one that was helping the Yankees was not clear. However, when he did realize it, he decided he not only should quickly move the gold, he needed to get rid of Big Liz. So one night, he ordered one of the slaves that evening to hitch a horse to one of the wagons. Then he told Big Liz to meet him alone at the barn at Moonrise, which is probably hmm. never a good sign. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I think they
0: slaves back then had to do a lot of things under the moonlight.
1: They probably yeah. could tell time by it. That's probably true. So when she arrived, the slave owner explained that he wanted to quietly transport the chest of gold out to the marsh in Greenbrier Swamp and bury it. It was critical that he continued explaining that it not fall into the Yankee hands. So Big Liz dutifully picked up the chest and loaded it onto the wagon. Um, The slave owner set a shovel in the wagon and together they headed out to the swamp. So they get to the marshland. They continue on foot and Big Liz is carrying the chest and he's carrying a shovel and a machete. Of course, he had Big Liz dig the hole, which was probably really difficult in the swamp environment. If you can imagine, as you're digging it, the mud keeps going back in, so you're like mm-hmm. doing twice as much work. Like if you've ever tried to dig a hole in wet anything. Yeah. So when Big Liz had finally dug the hole as deep as um, she stood up straight up in it, only to her neck and shoulders were visible. So it was a pretty deep hole because she was mm-hmm. Big Liz. He told her to hand him the shovel and to pull the heavy chest down into the hole. So Big Liz pulled the heavy chest down and he swung the machete at her neck and beheaded Liz in one blow. Whoa. Her head tumbled over into the tall grass and her body slumped over the chest into the hole.
0: Oh, my God. I was expecting, obviously, the death because she's a ghost, but not in that manner.
1: I was expecting Uh him to, like, bury her. Me, too. I thought I, that's what I thought, too. I thought, oh, he's going to say, oh, well, you just dug your own grave. You know, so cliche.
0: Neener, neener.
1: <laughs> so he began filling the hole back up. He probably wishes he had another slave there to do that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he paused and he wondered if he should go get the head and maybe toss it in the hole, too. However, he didn't see where it landed and he figured eh, some animal will come along and, you know, take care of that for him, some scavenger and that no one would ever really find her head in the swamp. So the slave owner spent a large part of the night filling up the rest of the hole. He covered the spot with leaves and vegetation, figuring that no one would even come looking for her, let alone find the gold. Mm -hmm. Deciding his secret was safe. Is that your door? No, it was the dog. Oh, it was like, Oh my God, dude, who's in your house. Okay. (laughs) Don't you fucking do that again. (laughs) So deciding his secret was safe, he headed back to the horse and wagon. He heard an odd sound behind him and thought he spied out of the corner of his eyes a flicker of blue light. So he walked rapidly back to the wagon, tossed the shovel and the machete in the, um, into the back and hurried on back home. So as the clock in the plantation struck 3 a.m., he was glad to be back to the house. He called one of his house slaves, Old Thomas. Old Thomas and told them to make sure that the horse and wagon were taken care of. He added that he was very tired and not to be disturbed for any reason in the morning. Wow. So he he climbed upstairs in muddy boots, peeled off his dirty clothes, and fell asleep in bed. Sometime after, he was awakened by an odd sound of heavy, muddy footsteps in his quiet house. A cool breeze from the open window swirled around the bedroom, but it was still dark outside. The slave owner was very angry that someone would dare... To wake him up. What a dick. He had a hard night (laughs) chopping heads. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So as he threw open his bedroom door so he could yell at whoever it was, he smelled a really strong scent of rotting leaves and wet marsh grass. In the hallway, there stood a huge mud encrusted figure dressed in a field slave's clothes and glowing with pale with a with a pale blue flame. The phantom's left hand held a severed head with angry red eyes. It was Oof. Big Liz. Yeah. Yeah. So before he could cry for help, a powerful right hand grabbed the master's throat and squeezed tight. The ghost of Big Liz shook and tossed the master out of the open bedroom window. The head and the figure's hand smiled as it gazed down at the master's fallen form. As the daylight began to break, Big Liz had vanished. As ghosts do. As ghosts do. The master's dead body was discovered outside the following morning and was buried in the family cemetery next to his first wife. The slaves whispered to each other about cleaning up two sets of muddy footprints on the stairs and in the bedroom. One quietly noticed that the bruises on the dead master's neck um, were quite large, like a, a very large person, large hands had grabbed his neck. Like Big Liz. Like Big Liz. Panda. Old Thomas. Hands. <laughs> panda hands. <laughs> <laughs> old Thomas.
0: Okay. Let this. me just let me just stop for a second. I said mm. that because Erin says my hands are big and she calls me panda hands. Someone's gonna twist that into it being some racist something or other. <laughs> I just had to stop and say it, that it has
1: nothing to do Finn with that. It has unusually big hands.
0: She They're really not unusually large. <laughs> It's because I threw an m M&M m across an office and hit Marquand in the face. <laughs> and so that's the little backstory on that. It has nothing to do with Big Liz. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've just called Jen Panda Hands now I for should... <laughs> reasons none of us really know. Nobody knows. It started with an m M&M. I don't know. <laughs> Old Thomas had seen the shovel and the bloody blade in the wagon. So he kind of put two and two together. That the master had been murdered by Big Liz and that her ghost had returned for revenge. That's what you put
0: two and two together? Like, that's where you, like, that seems a lot like two and two is five to me. Like, that's not where I would go right away. Right? But
1: oh, no clearly you murdered someone and their ghost came back and murdered you. Case yeah. closed. <laughs> We're done here. Thank you. <laughs> I know she came back fast. Like, I didn't know if ghosts could, like, get revenge that fast. I she was pissed. Was-
0: She's yeah, she like was. motherfucker.
1: And she's very powerful, so maybe that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, no one has ever located the gold that is allegedly buried in Greenbrier swamp. Though treasure hunters with modern mental detectors have searched for it for years. Mental detectors? Did I say mental? <laughs> I meant metal detectors. <laughs> That'd be cool if we had mental detectors. We should go there. that was the best. I knew. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> panda. We're done here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> since the civil war, locals have said that there are strange blue orbs in the swamp. Some folks have claimed that they've seen big Liz herself walking through the swamp in a blue flame, holding her severed head in her left hand. If she's angry, the eyes will glow red. Oh, it's a whole mood ring. I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> some say that on some nights, big Liz beckons those who see her to follow her into the swamp and she'll show them the gold. No one ever, ever does, but if, they, if anyone ever has followed her into the swamp, they've never returned to tell the tale. Whoa. So there are a lot of different stories um, about the ghost of Big Liz, how she said to wander around the swamp, um, in particular where the old plantation sat at one time. Teenagers tell tales about driving into the uh, Decourcy Bridge over the transquaking river. Not to be confused with the Thanksgiving Ripper <laughs> near Greenbrier Swamp. If someone drives to the bridge after moonrise and turns off the vehicle's motor, he can call Big Liz three times. The vehicle will not likely restart until dawn. If she's in the mood, Big Liz might appear coming towards the car, carrying her head. If you make her angry and her eyes glow red, she will follow you home. Whoa. Yeah, right. No Hopefully one needs that she doesn't life. wear her money boots and strangle people. <laughs> An alternate version claims one must turn off the engine, honk the horn three times, and flash the headlights in order to see the spectra of Big Liz drifting along the water. It is also said she is mo- lo- most likely to be seen between 3 a.m. and sunrise. Possibly Big Liz still wants to make sure the Confederates never get their hands on the gold. Hmm. Um, just a little added point to that: the A R R RAR Brewing Company okay. has a spice beer named Big Liz after after her memory. The A R what? What'd you say? R A R Brewing. R A R. Oh, okay. Rar, oh, okay. rar. Sure. rar? <laughs> Got it. So that is the legend of Big Liz.
0: Fantastic. That's um. Yeah, I would not. Want, I, I I'm with you on thinking that's really fast. Do you remember how we're always talking about how there's no ghosts from our times? Like yes. they're always a hundred years ago. And she was yes. just the day, right that day. Like an I'm hour later, back.
1: she's like, "Oh motherfucker, I don't think so. I'm gonna fuck you up." But good for her. You no, know, yeah. I mean, you kind of understand where she's coming from. He was kind of an asshole. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, my story this week is Brittany Norwood. And the case takes place in Bethesda, Maryland. For those who have been interested in true crime genre for a while, you've probably heard this case as the Lululemon murder. Because it takes place
1: at a Lululemon store, a yoga store. So are those like the stretchy pants and everything that's kind of like um, they're like the super, super high end yoga pants. But don't do they have like people that sell them like um, I don't want to say like Tupperware because that's so old school.
0: No, no, no. It's not. Mo- mo- it's not an MLM. It's okay. a it's a real life store. It's like, okay. you know, What's the one I'm thinking probably of probably has Lululemon. What am I, I, don't I thinking know. of? That's like a multi-level marketing thing of clothes?
1: Yeah. They sell leggings, and they're really crazy. Oh. Who am I thinking of? Fuck. it! I know what you're talking about. I okay. don't remember what it's called, but you're right. That is. Okay. That, that is. But this is not it. Okay.
0: okay. I don't think it's close to that name, but I do know what you're talking about.
1: Lulu LaRue? Something LaRue. Like that. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. L- Luluru.
0: No, you're right. Okay. All right. You're right. I concede. I got it. So March 12th, 2011, Rachel Ortley arrived to work for her 8 a.m. shift as manager at the Lululemon store in Bethesda, Maryland, which is a really nice neighborhood, by the way. So when she arrives, she notices that the door is unlocked, which is weird because she is the shift manager and she is supposed to be unlocking the door. It's not open, but it's unlocked. So she assumes that another employee has arrived early and forgot to lock herself in. You know, you you never really assume the worst. And apparently they don't have an all clear signal or an opening protocol of any kind. They just kind of. I bet they do now. Yeah, probably. Um, It's a yoga clothing store in a strip mall. So. I don't think that they really thought about it too much.
1: Um, Right. They're not going to have a lot of money or wants to steal a bunch of yoga pants.
0: It's credit cards, you know, and then you're right. Who wants to do that? Uh, So she goes in the store. She notices immediately that things are all fucked up. Like the store is disheveled. Things are pushed over. Things are out of place. The lights were on. So she knew that something was wrong because, you know, you usually walk in, the lights are off shit's not all screwed up and it looked to her like there was a struggle that happened in the store so she kind of announced herself like hey i'm here but she was really (sighs) so she heard this moaning coming from the back and she got the fuck out which yeah i i so she ran back outside and she started to call 911. She got her phone out.
1: So it was the moaning that made her run outside, not the fact that it was all just disheveled and it was the moaning.
0: I think it was kind of all at the same time. Like she walked in, she sees everything's dis- disheveled. By the time her brain is processing what's going on, she hears gotcha. the noise and then she, she books it. backs <laughs> up. Yeah, got it. <laughs> so she's outside the store. She just runs outside the store and she's about to call 911. She has her phone out and she sees a man who's waiting, wait, waiting, who's waiting to get into his job, which is next door at the Apple store. So he's waiting for his manager to come. I don't know if you remember working at the malls and stuff like that. Like you kind of just all gather outside and somebody opens the door, you know, yeah. like it's not a huge procedure. So he was waiting outside for his manager to come and unlock their door. And sh- they shared a wall, the Apple store and the Lululemon store. So she goes outside, sees this guy and says, hey, and the guy's name is Ryan ha. Ha. he It looks like Hugh, but it's H-A-U-G-H instead oh, my of car. H-E. Yes, yeah, so I'm not really quite sure. So she asked if he would come inside the store with her. So I think God have never been in this. I would call the
1: police. I'm sorry. But then again, I'm a banker. So
0: I I know. I think what she probably thought was once she got back outside and she saw another human being, she thought. Did I just see what I thought I saw? Like, maybe if he comes in with me, like maybe, you know, maybe I'm just going crazy. Like, maybe that's not really what happened. Um,
1: (laughs) That's not usually my go to. But okay.
0: Well, it kind of looks like the store has been disheveled, but not completely ransacked. Like things were moved. Things were the, the crime scene takes place. The majority of it is in the back room. So she didn't quite get to the the big part of the crime scene. So anyway, she goes outside. This guy, Ryan, she says, hey, will you come inside with me? And he says. Yes. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So, which is a, I mean, that's a big ask. Hey, shit's going weird in my store. And there was moaning. Can you go inside with me? Like, mm, why don't you just call 911? Like, so they go inside. And then Rachel asked Ryan to go into the back and check where he thought. Oh, shit. A fire. Truck just rolled past my window. Um, so she says, "Will you go in the back and check like where the moaning is?" And he fucking did it. <laughs> he walked back there. Like I don't know if this guy has like a machismo complex or if he just completely missed his calling as a first responder, but like <laughs> that's some fucking balls. I'd be like, mm, "You heard moaning? You said did it right. sound human? No, I'm out." Like
1: <laughs> right, uh, uh, yeah. Me too. I'm out.
0: So Ryan goes to the back of the store. He shouted for Rachel to call the police.
1: Ooh, that's this not a good sign. <laughs> due,
0: No, this was due to him coming upon a body of a woman lying in her own blood and not breathing. Aww. So she calls 911 saying, you know, there's a dead person in my store. We need. Nine one one you know, we we need nine one one. We need people like nine one one, we need nine one one. We need <laughs> what's the number for nine one one? So this all takes place in like a matter of ten minutes, right? Like her getting to the store and then her calling nine one one. The ambulance arrives at eight. So Rachel had arrived for her eight AM shift. They don't have a whole lot to do in the morning, so it was really shortly before eight AM that she got there for her shift. So, the first responders find a woman by the name of Brittany Norwood, another Lululemon employee. She was unresponsive and she was loaded onto a stretcher bound for the hospital. So, they find the dead, the, there's a dead woman in there. She's cl- clearly dead. Then they find Brittany, who's.
1: Oh, there's who two employees.
0: seems to be. Yeah, she seems to be on the verge of death. So they just rush her right to the hospital. Um, the hospital's name is Suburban Hospital. So when she arrives there, she was reported to have several cuts on her chest, her legs, her arms, her face, and then a deep cut to her right hand. Once a fucking police officer just drove by my window. So once Brittany's physical wounds were tended to, and she was still in the hospital. A detective, Deanna Mackey, interviewed her. She wanted a lead on, like, what happened, you know. I think they were trying to get to her before, but the doctors were like, let's just get her assessed first before you start asking questions. Um, so she told the detective, Mackey, that her coworker, Jaina Moray Mar- uh, had be- her and Jaina Murray had been attacked by two men wearing masks like ski masks in all black and n- not like you know not the 2020 masks like ski- like the whole
1: face right. mask got it <laughs> no, that's weird that we have to to put that out there now
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so she told detectives that she had been raped and sexually assaulted with a clothing hanger Oh. It gets worse. So just bear with me. Um, so detective, detective, detectives went on on their way to go find these two men. They went to the surrounding stores to pull video footage from all the surrounding stores. And indeed, there were two men wearing all black walking by at just the right time. So, they followed this lead. They investigated further and they found out that these two men were men that worked at a nearby restaurant. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that was the Cheesecake Factory. So, they're wearing all oh. black because it's like that's their uniform, uniform and they had backpacks on and they were both walking to the parking lot. So, um, two days later, Two different detectives wanted to introduce themselves to see if they can maybe like shake loose some more details from Brittany, more leads. Um, So they went to Brittany Norwood's house. She lived with her family. So they went to her family's home. She again told detectives she was sexually assaulted. Mm. What is that noise? Is that your phone? I I guess guess so. But like, I'm not that important. (laughs) Honestly. So they went to Brittany Norwood's family home. She told detectives she was sexually assaulted. She told them that the only reason the assailants let her live was because she was, quote, fun to fuck, unquote. One of them also called her a dirty slut and used racial slurs. She's a woman of color. So I it didn't go into what exactly they said, but you can imagine what she says they said. So she told she. Told them that the men knew her name and address, which she believed was due to her having a copy of a few bills in her purse. I think she had like a water bill and an SCGE bill. Oh, sorry, that's not SCE. <laughs> that's in Maryland. <laughs> San Diego Gas Company. Um, like a gas bill or you know whatever it is that has her name and address. So upon hearing that information, the detective said, you need to let your family know now that these men know that information. Like that's a huge security risk. So like you should have told us that two days ago. I mean that's big right. shit. Um, because they don't know why they did it. They don't know what the motive was. Like, are they gonna come back and shut her up and just shut right. the whole family up at the same time? So um they said, you know, you need to do that now and so at that point she did she brought her parents in and and informed them that they that these men do have the address and that sort of thing so then the police said that they are going to have police officers do a you know whatever it is like they're not going to be driving by yeah they're not going to be posted but they're going to be driving by um, and to be alert for anything suspicious going on around the house you know, make sure you really lock up, close windows, that sort of thing. The interviews all took place um, over a few days. So I'm going to go through, because they they speak to her multiple times, because each... She's the only witness. Yeah, each bit of information she gives, they go chase that lead down, and then they have other questions to lead up to it. So March 16th, Oh, no, I'm sorry. March 11th. The interviews. um, The interviews that the police were having were kind of like at least one of the detectives. I think I'll get into his name. I think it's Detective Drury. I'm not quite sure, but I'll get into it. He became suspicious of the information that Brittany was providing. Like things weren't quite adding up because every time they talked to her, they would say something and then she'd say oh yeah well that's because blah 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 you know she she was just kind of mm-hmm. like going with what they were saying and then adding new information so a few days later march 16th detectives ask Brittany to meet them at the police station so that she could provide them with fingerprints so they could eliminate her prints in the store and narrow down potential suspects because this is a you know a popular store there's fingerprints of fucking everybody who walked in the store. Right. So they tell her, you know, we need elimination prints. But Detective Drury, yeah, that's his name <laughs> that I said before. He had other motives, and he was, like, the one guy who was like, this Brittany, she's not saying what, you know, she's holding something back. I don't know if he was completely suspicious of her, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Like motives, but she, he knew that something she was holding something back. So she came in that evening to the police station because they called her, you know, for the prince with two of her siblings. And while she waited for the fingerprint text, she was chatting with detectives. And he asked her if she knew what kind of car Jana Murray Marie, uh, her co-worker, drove. She said, "I have no idea. I've never seen it before. I don't." And and he's like, "Well, do you know what color? Do you know what like model, make, anything like?" And she said, "No, I have no idea. I've never seen it. I don't know what it is. I don't know what she drives." Hmm. This is where the which to yeah to me you. At I least know what all
1: my coworkers drive.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's banking. You have to know that. Like, you have to know who's in the parking lot.
1: But But still, I mean, you got to think they don't have that many employees. You know, it's not like it's a huge department store. So it's like you you walk out together. Exactly. Exactly. You know.
0: Like, you don't even need to talk about your car to know, like, what color it is. You all walk out to the parking lot together and, oh, she gets in a gray car. I don't know what the make and model is, but it's you know, a two door gray car or a four door gray car or a big car or a van or, you know, or she Mm
1: -hmm. doesn't, she gets dropped off by her mom or her husband or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um,
0: like I said, this is where the case takes a turn. The day after detectives ask Brittany about Jane's car, her Brother and sister, the siblings who were with her the day previously, they called the detectives and said, Brittany told us last night that she didn't tell the whole truth because she thought she would be in trouble. And the detective said, OK, like, what does that How mean? How old is Brittany? Twenty eight. OK. Uh, and Jana is 30. OK. So, yeah, she didn't tell the whole truth because she thought she'd be in trouble. She. Comes clean and she says, Well, I actually drove Jana's car. The attackers made me move her car so that people wouldn't be suspicious that her car was still in the parking lot, but the store was closed. So, okay. <laughs> right. So, after some more interrogation, Brittany admits to the savage killing of 30 year old Jana Murray. Oh, she was a graduate student at Johns Johns Hopkins. Oh wow, like, she was smart. She was going places. So, this is what Brittany says. She so she had a history of theft. Okay, she played soccer for Stony Brook University in New York, and her team. They said, you know, things would go missing from their lockers. Everybody suspected it was Brittany. Somebody's purse went missing. Um, They played a team in Europe. So the whole sports team, you know, was on the plane to go to Europe. And somebody's purse went missing. And, like, basically everybody knew it was Brittany, but they couldn't prove anything. Um, I don't think anything came out of it, but... They also said that the reason she was working at this particular store was because she was suspected of stealing at another store. Oh. So Lulu Lemon is really, um, they're really high end. So the, it's up to the manager to inspect big bags, and oh, if you buy something, leave. yeah, if they if you buy something, you have to prove the receipt. So she had Brittany had a pair of pants or a shirt or some shit I don't know some item of clothing in her bag and Jaina was asking for the receipt and she said oh well I bought them you know from a different store a few days ago and I have the receipt at home you know like I'll bring the I'll bring the receipt tomorrow no problem I still have it and um.
1: So why are you carrying around the clothing? Right. So I mean, uh, that's weird.
0: Well, because she stole it, and she right. knew that Jana was gonna, when she came in tomorrow that and was didn't a have a dumb excuse. Mm-hmm. So she called another coworker and said, "Um, I forgot my wallet in the store. Like, I need to go back into the store after they all closed up." And so that coworker called Jaina and said, hey, um, Brittany left her wallet in the store. Are you still around? Like, can we can you go back and help her get her um get her wallet? Because she didn't have store store keys. So Jaina said, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, I'm still right around here. So I'll just, you know, run back. So that's how she lured Jaina back to the store. Um she was, Brittany was struggling with student loan debt, which lots of people are. Um, yeah. But she had a civil suit for not paying her college uh, bills. And she was apparently stealing everything like cash from people, um, wow. yoga pants, apparel, just like random shit. Jana Murray had over 322 different wounds to her body. And after the autopsy, it was concluded that she bled out. So she was alive for most of the stab wounds. Like, it's a horrific way to go. They also said, so um, there were footprints in the blood of a size 14 men's shoe. Oh, now this helped. This helped with the man theory. Well, then they found that Brittany had put her own shoes inside of those shoes and Mm. walked through the scene. Wow. So, yeah, and all of the wounds were um, things that were found in the store. So because uh, Lululemon is a really high end brand, they would have multiple shoes so that people could try on their running shoes with their pants and they would hem them like just, you know, just right. So that's why they had some shoes around. They don't sell shoes. So um, there were screwdrivers. <sighs> Which is all for like the maintenance of like, you know, taking apart the clothing racks and those sort of things. So that's why everything Ugh. was. Um, yeah.
1: So they weren't but, just like a knife wound, like she had not bring like a butcher knife no. or something. No.
0: Oh. And then when they found Brittany, she was. She was the one who was moaning when uh, Rachel first went into the store and it was found that all her wounds were fairly superficial. Um, So they were self-inflicted, which is what the detective Drury originally, that's why he became suspicious. Like, why is this girl completely murdered 300 plus stab wounds and you're, you know, alive. And then like, this is the most disgusting thing to me is like what she made up because somebody said you're fun to fuck and then using racial slurs against you. Like you made
1: that up. You so that, made, like And she laid there while her coworker was dying. You laid there for what, like eight hours until the opening probably. person came in? Yeah. And you just sat there and watched her die. You heard her last breath, and you could have stopped it and you didn't for sure. because of fucking pants or blouse or the fuck you bought or stole.
0: Well, and she had her arms tied like in front of her. So if you have your arms like you know, like kinda under your stomach area. And then she just lifted them over her head. So they were her hands were tied above her head, but she could have brought them down like she she could have. And like the the I watched a snap on this and the psychologist they that they usually use on those said, like, if you're attacked like that, your natural inclination is to fetal position Like to bring everything into your stomach, protect your head, protect your stomach, like your organs, like that's your natural position. So there's no way that like you if someone an attacker tied your hands in front of you. Okay. So there's no way if you had your hands tied in front of you that you would lift them over your head. Like that's just
1: that's not normal.
0: And I found the rest of this on caselaw.findlaw.com um, that came out in the trial. And employees at the Apple store that was located next, to, they shared a wall to the Lululemon. They had asked a security guard to go check the disturbance they heard around 10 p.m. the night before. Oh. So the Apple employee called the, the you know, strip mall security guard. And was like, there is sounds like somebody's dragging or grunting or like thudding. there's like squealing, like people are talking. something weird is happening next door. And it was after hours, so it was closed. right. Um, so one employee said that she heard a woman's voice say, quote, "Talk to me, don't do this. talk to me. What's going on?" And then another oh. voice say, "God help me, please help me."
1: So oh. I can't even and this bitch like this she cares bitch. about fucking pants like you stole pants mm-hmm. she doesn't want to die over your fucking pants no I think
0: she just like she says she has a zero empathy she's a sociopath she has no care about other people and this like so it was eight days of trial and the the verdict was guilty first degree murder because, you know, she lured her back into it. It wasn't like she was caught. Right. She freaked premeditated.
1: out. Right. Exactly.
0: So she was sentenced on January tw- uh, 27th to. Uh, sorry. <laughs> January 27th, 2012 to life without parole. I almost said she was sentenced January 27th to 2012. And I'm like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> um,
1: that make her come out to 2020. That's a whole different story. <laughs>
0: no shit. So she's so (laughs) everybody's like, you know, she's she's remorseful. She's blah 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 because she told the family, um, quote, for the Murray family, what do I say when your daughter's gone and I'm the one convicted of murder? I, I don't know what to, oh, I know what I say won't make the pain go away over the loss of Jaina. And then she goes on to say, you know, please forgive me. And I'm so sorry. No. And blah, blah, blah. But she's such a fucking sociopath that like d- your words, Is that what mean your attorney shit. wrote you to say, exactly. And yeah, the yeah. judge and everybody who was near the trial were like, dude, you, you cannot get out. Like you do not, you're not going to learn from this. This, uh, this no. wasn't like a, you panicked, okay, bring it down to manslaughter 10 years. What's the worst you know? that
1: would happen? They'd probably fire her. If they got the stuff back, they probably wouldn't prosecute. And if they did, it'd still be kind of petty theft. For sure. I mean, so the worst thing, so murder's better? Well, and a, a pair
0: of pants, Even if, let's say even if she stole five pair of pants, okay? $100 each. That's 500 bucks. I don't know what the laws are in Maryland, even if that is grand theft. Well, like, she, all the other fe- theft, right? All <laughs> the other thefts that, on? She, that she did, she didn't have a record. So, well, yeah, maybe true. if you had a character witness say, yeah, we're pretty sure she stole all this shit from us, but it's not like they could bring that up in court by saying, She's right. been convicted of she X, Y, Z. could just Z.
1: go say, look, I'm a klepto. I have an issue. I need counseling. Like you said, if it was a first offense, they're yep. not going to throw the book at you. Right. Because, I and mean. And she's a college kind of a graduate. Crime.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's a college graduate. She's not, it's not like she's done nothing with her life. She's. Right. But she fucking threw it away on this poor woman who just wanted a fucking job so she can get through graduate school. Like. Ugh.
1: That's terrible.
0: I can't even imagine. And, you know, of course, and I don't mean any disrespect to Jaina's family or to her at all. But, you know, everything you read, it's like she lit up the room. She was, you know, pure sunshine. She was blah, 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 which they typically do unless you're (laughs)
1: just a bitch like no one says you are a horrible person right and Kind of a fucking bitch so i get it <laughs> that's what i
0: mean like i don't know one ever disrespect. says that i don't mean <laughs> disrespect to them but like they said all the same things that everybody says like she was completely innocent she
1: was completely like well she went back and took up her own time like oh you forgot your wallet instead of saying you know what i got shit to do yeah you know you can wait till tomorrow for your fucking wallet for like, sure you'll make it and she didn't. Well,
0: and she's just doing uh-huh. her fucking job. You steal as a manager. You have to look at it. Right. And it's not. I mean, would you ever think, oh, this bitch is stealing. I'm going to I'm going to catch her on this. She's going to murder me. Yeah. Like, right. No, that is. No. That is just as big of a leap as this guy died and uh, he murdered someone and the ghost came back. Like that's, that's along the same logic of like Yeah. It's not quite there's a fuck there's a fly that just flew into my wine and it got drunk and died.
1: Don't you need that? Like you find a fly. I if can't just get it. my drink.
0: Ugh. I can't get it. I'm either gonna drink it or it's gonna be at the bottom of my glass. We'll see.
1: I guess I don't care. Yeah. There's worse things.
0: Extra, protein. extra protein. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that. I mean, there's plenty more to go into as far as Brittany and Jana as people, but like,
1: what's her name? Brittany. <laughs> yeah. It, it's Sorry. it's just one it's, of those it, names that I have to say that way. Brittany. The thing I that is all the Britneys so, out there.
0: The thing that's so horrific to me is like the it it wasn't it wasn't just the murder. The murder was awful. But the lies that you're saying, like you're you're telling police you were raped with a coat hanger. Right. You were, you know, all of these things where it's like, yeesh, like you didn't want to just
1: go with like n- normal raped, like just raped. Right. I mean, she wanted and to make then, it. And then the she aunt, to play um, a victim, too, at the same time,
0: her uh, rape kit came back as no forceful penetration. And that was something that the detectives were saying, like, you know, I mean, not to get super, super graphic, but with a hanger. You, you, right. It, it's There's not going to be tears. There's right. Be. It's not because there are cases where rape, um, it's only the semen or the other uh, evidence that that make it a rape. And it's not um, like. Uh, what am I trying to say?
1: like tears and right there's
0: violent that's exactly um so there are cases where there has been rape and it's been proven rape but there is not anything where it's like there's no outside bruising there's no you know tears blood anything like that so you know if she had just said like i was raped there's a possibility that you brought in the coat hangers right like it just
1: she was and they're probably right not right. using like the wire fucking hangers like we get from the fucking dry cleaner. I'm sure they're very it's probably wood high end hangers. Right. They're very, very nice hangers. Well, um, also. Jaina. Uh,
0: had evidence of rape as well. So she really oh, sold it. Nice. She really sold it. Nice. Even better. Yeah. Great. Which is. Like that's the scariest thing. To, I I honestly
1: because to go to another woman is pretty fucking gross, man.
0: Sometimes it's like ah, oh, I mean, life for I I mean, murder is murder and that's awful. But like
1: to do all this to cover up these and try to be a victim, young boys that
0: yeah, I like it's so if you're a young person, 19, you get caught up in the wrong crowd, you go oh. to a party. It goes down. You end up murdering someone, you know, or being around when someone's murdered or whatever. And you get sentenced to life. Like sometimes to me, it's like, well, you know, extenuating circumstances or mediating m- mediating factors and that sort of thing. But for her, it's like, fuck, no, you your mind spun the fuck out. Like you yeah. came up with lie
1: after lie after lie. And you try to play the victim, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. with the stabbing yourself and the rape allegation, and it's like, and you've tried to make people feel bad for you at the same time when you murdered this person because you're a bad fucking person. Yeah. Like, big deal, you stole some fucking goddamn yoga pants. Like, life goes on. There's so much worse you could do in the world. That's ridiculous. you thought murder was the only way out. And like you said, it was premeditated. You set her up to come in. Yep. You couldn't even shoot her and say it's a robbery. You had to make her suffer and bleed out, which probably took hours.
0: Uh, there's so many Ugh. different situations.
1: It's pretty gross because you laid there and watched her die.
0: Yeah. For hours. I mean, just off the top of my head, if you lure her back there, hang those pants back up and say, this bitch has it out for me. I don't know why she's saying <laughs> I, I, Right. She's never liked
1: me.
0: Yeah, she's never liked me. I quit. Fuck this. And then just move on. Keep it moving. Like, she picked, like, what's the worst thing you could ever think of doing? Let's do that.
1: Yeah. I don't want to be caught for theft, but murder. Okay. I'm willing to take that chance and get away with it. Yeah. Like, they're just, hey, you calm down. Well,
0: that's the ego. Like, oh, I'll just get away with it. And I think it was really uh, naive of her to think, I'm just going to throw the word rape around and people are going to be sad about it and just let it go. Right. They're not going to
1: interrogate me because this happened to me. Because I said rape. Right. Ugh. Yeah, you're the women that make us all look bad. You're Mm -hmm. the one. Yeah. So that's that. My dog's Um, very upset about it. Let's say... Bye then. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> hope you had a happy new year and a good yes. Christmas. And let's hoping 2021 is better than 2020 was. Yeah. I feel like that
0: is just like saying how bad can it get? <laughs> you know, by when you're like, hey, I hope this is better than it was last year. Like we went into 2021 or 2020 thinking the same. 2019 right? to 2020 so i there's there's a bit of a there's
1: a bit of a just want to quietly go into 2021 i don't want to make yeah. a lot of noise just be like hey right. here we are don't See don't announce yourself this. just <laughs> right. you know yeah put your head down keep walking
0: hands in your pockets that's right <laughs> don't touch anything <laughs> all right all right well be safe be kind Take be care. relaxed ciao yeah